0: Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of
1: destiny. Yes! When Ryan's, when it's time to begin, it's on the Rewinder Around with John Pollock and Waiting, the A team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's Rewinder Up for Monday night, downloaded Tuesday morning from the Post Wrestling site. It's Rewinder Up for Monday night on USA, now on the John and Waiting, the mic. Hello, everybody, it's John Pollock and Waiting, a brand new week here at Post Wrestling. Hello way. How you doing, John? I'm doing good overall. Coming I'm happy. off a um, a rather busy weekend, I guess. Do you have a good weekend?
0: Uh yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was good. I mean, um, you know, obviously uh, the, the wrestling world feels um uh there's there's a lot of um discussion, a lot of debate as always, but um it, it feels like there's a lot of energy. In, in the wrestling world right now a lot of people may be paying attention to it for obviously because of CM Punk but just even in, in in general. So, yeah, good for that reason. Did you get
1: up to anything over the weekend?
0: I don't know, nothing nothing of significance. Any
1: any wild Sunday plans?
0: Um no, dude, I I'm the wrong person to ask. Okay. Um right now, I mean I'm dealing with my son's cold, so you know been wiping up his snot maybe every nice. five minutes so that's about as exciting as it gets you know okay
1: how all you? your news you can go to postwrestling.com for the latest um i tried to go to the uh the santa claus parade on sunday it was happening uh pretty close to our house so yeah. we took them and um their attention on the parade lasted all of about three minutes and then they wanted to go to the playground and uh and that that was it that was, that was the santa claus parade for them they were like cool We'll get a picture with a bear, um, a guy in a costume, not a real bear, and uh, and that was it. And then we uh, and then we headed home afterwards. So, what,
0: what what is the big deal about a parade anyway? You know.
1: it's, uh, you know, it's a you uh, know it's a very very festive atmosphere. A lot of people. Like I I have not gone to the Santa Claus parade since I don't know the 90s. But to see all these people that are dressed up, I mean, it's a lot of people in this hmm. very crowded.
0: Well, maybe they'll get into it when they get a bit older.
1: Uh, perhaps but yeah not, not a not a deal breaker all right we have uh, so much to get to on uh, tonight's show we have lots to discuss a lot of news that is happening and uh, later on we are going to be giving you information on how you if you are based in toronto uh, can score some tickets to an upcoming screening of the iron claw uh, that is going to be playing at the Scotiabank theater in downtown toronto and your chance to watch it before it hits theaters So you can be the one to go on and you can spoil everything in the, in the iron claw. So that's coming up later. We will uh, be giving out um, tickets for that. So pay attention after the news. We'll be talking about that. Let us dive into the news. We're going to start off with uh, the unfortunate news of the passing of absolute Andy uh, Andreas Ullman, who is a a long time, German based wrestler who died over the weekend, um, Not being specific, um, but that he had been battling an illness for a long period of time. He had been uh, he had not wrestled in almost two years. And uh, according to WXW, which was his home promotion, he died in his sleep um, in the presence of his wife. He had begun wrestling 20 years ago and was a, a pretty well-known name especially in the German wrestling scene became WXW's unified champion twice including beating Brian Danielson for the title in 2009 and then in 2018 he won the 16 Carat that year and that set up him beating current NXT champion Ilya Dragunov so he had a lot of tributes online from uh, past uh, opponents different people that had worked with him including the likes of uh, Chris Hero, uh, Killer Kelly, Ilya Dragunov, uh, Gunther, Walter posted a-, a lengthy tribute for him as well. So um, our condolences, 40 years old, very young. And um, yeah, th- th- he he had been in, in, in bad health for some time and it had taken him away from professional wrestling as well. Tammy Sitch, she was in court on Monday and this had been um, scheduled for some time after she had initially pleaded not guilty to all the charges that she was facing in relation to the uh, the death of Julian Lassiter, who she struck from behind last March. And she's been in jail since last May, and award, aw- awaiting her, um, her her hearing. And back in August, she changed from a no guilty plea to the charges to a no contest. And so she was in court on Monday, and she was sentenced to 17 years in prison. She was Uh, Sentenced to almost 11 years on one count of causing death while operating a vehicle with a suspended or revoked license, but will be given credit for the time that she has served since May of last year. And then another seven-year sentence for DUI causing death. Uh, The other charges that she had been facing are going to be uh, given credit for the time that she has been uh, in custody. And after 17 years in jail, so we're talking 2040, 2041. Um, if she is not uh, granted parole, she will be in jail and then serve eight years of probation after that, along with a substance abuse evaluation, she'll be subject to 50 hours of community service, a $10,000 fine, and a lifetime ban of her driver's license. And she'll have 30 days to appeal this. I don't know how much more there is to add other than this is probably, I mean, the last we will, we will be discussing Tammy Sitch um for an extremely long period of time this has been a tragic life that she has lived and has been uh part of countless rehab stints countless arrests over the years that would just make your head spin if you were to go uh catalog all of them and sadly it never should have gotten to this point where there was an innocent victim that was killed um because of this um and she is uh, paying the price for it and it, it's it's really hard not to see uh the book being thrown at her uh over this and is going to spend um you know a, a gigantic portion of her remaining years um in prison.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah um you know the story of Tammy Sitch ha- I mean it, it hasn't been a nice one in a long long time but I I don't know if any of us would have expected it to get this dark. Um, as far as today's sentencing i mean it feels like some form of justice is being served um but you know for the family of um you know julian Lasseter, uh it, probably not even enough you know what with what uh, what she got today so hey uh really really sad story
1: mjf he put out a a post today that he had suffered a torn labrum and then deleted the post uh, afterwards but I mean, for the time it was up, everyone had a chance to see it and screenshot it, stating that he got the result of an MRI for his uh, for his shoulder. Um, this this was not the injury he sustained for the elbow drop. Um, that was the hip injury in the Jay White match. This was a separate spot in the match um, that, that that caused the shoulder injury. And he stated in the post that he would still be wrestling Samoa Joe on December 30th at World's End. And that was the extent of it. So um what, what's kind of strange about this whole thing is that here you have the guy in his last pay-per-view match having to go in with a worked injury that was going to be the target. And now this one, it's like a legitimate injury that he will be going into this rematch with and will probably be the the story of the next match with Samoa Joe that here is this weakened uh, body part. And I would think that it's probably a lock. He's not going to wrestle before then and would if we thought he was going to be part of uh, final battle with some kind of tag title defense i would think that's out the window
0: just to maybe um ask has there been confirmation outside of this tweet that i mean injured?
1: i mean you you are going based uh upon like we we did know there there was a legitimate injury coming out of this um that wasn't the hip that was not the hip no okay. he he did he did legitimately have a shoulder injury mm, so okay. i mean i i i would venture to believe that this is um le- legitimate and mm-hmm. one that you wouldn't have even needed to tweet this out to convey that story because I mean people had already been aware of the the injury that existed.
0: I guess I I do find it a bit odd that he would decide to tweet about it at all rather than maybe leave it up to, you know, the the t- the television to to announce it or or the company to announce it. Um so listen it's MJF. you you never know you know with, with somebody like him but i mean some something is is up we can at least say maybe with the shoulder or, or at least with this story and uh as far as any sort of like long-term planning you know with him and adam cole i mean plans plans will h- have to change or if this is like the, the case isn't it so um seems like he's well enough at least to be able to work a match against samoa joe which i don't know how what exactly well, this means. might
1: not require surgery for him like this this is not something where it could be like we don't know the the extent of the the the, the tear the injury the fact he's doing the match it would suggest that he you know he he is able to at least do that like this might not be a case where he's just got to get through the match and then he goes for surgery and he's out for for months that might not be the case he might be able to rehabilitate this um this shoulder and he and he does have oh you know he has a month uh presumably to not wrestle on it
0: okay yeah, I mean, uh, let's see what the what the result of all of this is. You know, if they do have to change direction significantly, um that's wrestling, isn't it? You know, you never want to see the top guy or world champion go out or or have their run cut short and storylines cut short, but rolling with the punchers often creates the most interesting pos- um results in pro wrestling.
1: There's also a lawsuit that's been filed against um, well, several former WWE board members and current executives. So this is the Ohio pension fund that has filed a suit and they are naming as the defendants, Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, Paul Levesque, George Barrios, Steve Coonan, and Michelle Wilson. And it accuses the WWE board of quote conjuring up a sham sales process that favored Endeavor and excluded other bidders that would have removed Vince McMahon had they purchased the company and disregarding, quote, at least two all-cash offers that had better terms. And the argument is that that there were better deals on the table where WWE could have made a straight cash deal selling the company and instead of this all-stock deal that they did for the merger that also kept Vince McMahon in a position of of power and thus – they are alleging that Vince McMahon was not getting the best deal for the company but the best deal for himself that would protect him with the the new management so it cites undisclosed companies that offered between uh, one company offering between $95 and $100 per share and another offering between 90 and 97.50 per share but that the WWE um, did not explore the offers because it would have resulted in v- Vince McMahon's ouster from the company, also mentioning the the cash bonuses that that several received, including uh, Levesque uh, Khan, and Frank Riddick, and instead, the all-stock merger, it worked out to about 95 66 per share, and that they started... Th- the timeline that they also provided in this is that WWE began... Uh, signing confidentiality agreements with potential buyers on February the 6th. The very next day is when Endeavor made the proposal to um, made their offer, which the initial offering was that Endeavor would have 57% of the new company. WWE would have 43%. And the way it worked out and Ari Emanuel explained this was he insisted on Vince McMahon's role in the new company to the point that he forfeited like six percentage points in favor of WWE and giving a lot more power to the WWE side of, of the merger um, where we have a 51 49 split because of Vince McMahon's involvement. So, I mean, it's, it sounds like it's the disgruntled, uh, you know, a a sizable, you know, pension fund here that had a stake in, in the company to seek out the best deal. But I just I just look at this and this is going to be an argument of like mergers happen all the time that are not cash deals. And if we look at this of the available companies out there, which you would assume one of these is Liberty Media and wherever you wanted to look, if you want to look at the at a Saudi offer, all these other places, they do not have. Uh, any experience in this business. And the fact is that Endeavor has the closest thing to replicate this company in the UFC. And that th- strategically, this made a ton of sense to merge with the UFC and create a new company and put all of these all of these um, executives together to run this company. I think they're going to have a real uphill battle trying to argue um, uh, against this. But anyway, that suit was filed. Um, it's like a 71-page suit that I... Just got uh, a hold of tonight, so I'm going to try and read that by Wednesday, and Brandon and I will probably uh, discuss it this week. If you would like a copy for some light reading, you're more than welcome to. Um, but how about how about an audiobook? John Pollock reads
0: the 71 page lawsuit.
1: I'm not even kidding. There is a market out there for people to read some of these like dry um, case cases and all of the filing of it. Although I would I would have to like make voices uh, with.
0: Can it. you do it in low key's voice? All 71 pages ohio pension fund
1: <laughs> looks like we got an all cash deal here yeah one uh, boy what, if, if anyone ever finds that video okay it's, it's out like there somewhere scr- it's nope. been scrubbed from the internet i would um I, I, I would give up percentage in, um, I don't know, uh, to to just hear that video one more time. I mean, it's just disappeared it off the face of the earth. Some
0: somebody has linked it, um, recently. Last time we mentioned it. So, uh, anyway, uh, so uh, do you think we'll get any sort of um clear clearer indication about what some who some of the other competitors with um quote unquote significant runway to increase its offer due to the outsized synergies it could cre- generate might be. I mean, it
1: just rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? I mean, we we know that like Liberty Media was, you know, in in the running here as as a potential um, bidder for the company. I would I would state that with this, I I don't even imagine we're going to get too much like in the in the form of like a discovery process. I think this is all going to be wrapped up neat and tidy before it ever gets to that point. It would be interesting if we ever got, you know, more if, if ever the like TKO side was obligated to share more transparency of what went into um this, like it is interesting the fact that like the day after they started um accepting bids endeavor was there at the front door immediately. And the argument is that none of these other places had even a prayer because the endeavor, they had made up their mind by February 7th, that this is what we are going to do in, in some ways it's like the WCW deal where you had the belief that there was no way that fusion was going to get this company and they didn't want to hear from Jerry Jarrett or any of these other places that had interest. It was like their fate was sealed and it was going to end up, um, you know, Vince McMahon was going to get it for a ridiculously small price in, in the grand scheme of things, but the others, they weren't even going to sit down and listen to them. At least that's what th- this pension fund is alleging was the case. and, I, I can't even say like they may have had that. It's just they would have looked at this. And yes, we could get more cash. And in the immediate um, future, yeah, this would be a more rich deal for our stockholders. But we're also um, looking for the longevity of this company and putting it in solid uh, solid standing to continue to prosper and to grow. And Endeavor made a ton of sense to partner up with for, for such a task. Tony Khan was uh, doing media for... Uh, the all in show. I actually have a clip of this way. If you are able to, uh, to cue it up here, it's a, it's a short one here, but he was on with a Steve Herman of BBC West Midlands. And he of course is promoting the presale, the, the much trumpeted presale for all in at Wembley stadium. And this is just days after a pretty major event in professional wrestling. So Steve Herman asked Tony Khan and let's, let's hear from this interview. I have to ask you about CM Punk. Uh, of course, he was at All In, and his last appearance for AEW was at All In at Wembley Stadium. We've now seen him appear at WWE Survivor Series at War Games. Were you surprised to see him there? Can't talk about that, nor uh, do I think it's the time or the place. But I appreciate you asking, and I'm very excited about AEW All In, Wembley Stadium. Not to dodge or duck your question, it's just not something I can legally talk about. Breaking news, Tony Khan cannot talk about this. Now, I had many reactions to this club. Number one, it's not the time or the place. I think when, I would ask, that would be my follow-up. When would the time or place be, uh, Tony, to ask you such a question other than two days after this occurred and you're promoting the event that the last one was where this whole blow-up occurred at? Number two, I mean, I do feel like there is... You know, this, this is the boilerplate answer you're going to get out of Tony Khan in these situations. But number two, are you saying that there is some non-disparagement agreement in place between you and CM Punk? Would CM Punk have the same answer if we asked him about leaving AEW? I cannot talk about it for legal reasons. Is there any reason to believe that? Number three would be like this interviewer. Did,
0: did, he, did he actually say legal reasons in the clip? He said
1: that. He just said he did, that in okay. the clip for legal reasons, I cannot talk about it.
0: Okay. And number three
1: would be, um, we're not asking you to disparage CM Punk. We are asking for your thought on him returning to a company. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are all I'm saying with Tony Khan, I don't think anyone is going to hold him to such a degree that he is, uh, (laughs) under duress to give every last detail. But again, it's a broken record, but I think he can handle these in such a more graceful way that, would be downplaying the story instead of just um, you know pl- putting up a wall uh, towards um, the media as though you, you will not talk about this um, but I mean I I I, I don't I don't resent anyone for trying their hardest to ask out of him, but you do know what you're
0: going to get. No, a lot of credit to Steve Herman for, you know, at least uh, t- have taken the opportunity to ask what's probably on, on everybody's mind. But at this stage, Could, I don't you know. Imagine
1: interviewing Tony Khan on a Monday morning after Survivor Series and oh, not bringing up CM Punk. Absolutely. It's not the time or the place. <laughs> Let's revisit but, this in a
0: year. But uh, I, I don't really expect anything different from Tony Khan at this point, nor do I exactly blame him, John. Like, I think he knows, obviously, that anything he says, even if it's something like this, which is basically nothing, is going to be used as a headline. And he, I think he himself is aware that he's not very good at handling controversial questions in the media. And but he's already it, handled CM Punk on live television. Like he always- And he wasn't and he wasn't very good at it he was awful at it but he said a lot more was he
1: legally bound from saying anything on on that collision show the night he fired him
0: a lot of that felt like it was legally motivated to be able to to to, to say anyway that that's just speculation but well we don't know what agreement took took place after after that right we don't know what sort of like we don't know if there's any agreement right and are they obligated to tell us is he obligated no listen he is not obligated to have to say
1: anything but
0: we are obligated to ask absolutely it's it's not his place to say this is
1: not the time or the place for that question it's like you it it is not your job to answer every question but it is the other side to ask those questions
0: certainly certainly all i'm
1: saying is for his own sake i think you could be a lot more graceful just in the sense of Listen, I respect your question, and I am not going to get into specific details as it regards CM Punk. Everyone knows that we have gone separate ways, and it could not work out here. Do I have uh, angst against him? I do not. I am happy for him. I did not watch Survivor Series on Saturday because I was busy promoting Collision, which was featuring some of the best wrestling that is out there, just as you will get at All In on August of 2024 at Wembley Stadium.
0: I, I mean, I think he'd be a wonderful uh, media coach for, for Tony Khan. I, I, I would say maybe certainly from what I've seen of him, I don't think the man can think on the spot to give an answer as eloquent as maybe what you just gave. And um, maybe something as simple as I can't talk about it for legal reasons is about as much as he can muster. Like the very sort of clumsy, like shoving in of I'm very excited for all in just in the middle of that sentence is even to me like completely void of any sort of tact you know in in knowing how to handle a question like this so i don't really expect expect too much out of him
1: well uh maybe the follow-up could have been his thoughts on who's going to win the world tag league this year we are uh over a week into the tournament and the updated standings on the A-block side, uh, TMDK's Mikey Nichols and Shane Haste are on top with six points, followed by Shota Umino and Ren Narita with four, uh, the same amount as Alex Coughlin and Gabe Kidd and Kaito Kiyomiya and Ryohei Oiwa. On the B-block side, Yuya Mura and Taichi are tied with Alex Zane and Lance Archer with six points, followed by Atlantis Jr., Sobrano Jr., Suji and Zendoken Jr. Uh, with four points apiece. But the big story way is that Minoru Suzuki and Windows 95 have zero at the bottom <laughs> of the B block. Dude, Minoru Suzuki and Yuji Nagata are hanging out with Bad Luck Fale and Jack Bonza at the bottom of the B block.
0: Oh, goodness. Uh, is that the team
1: I name now? Learn Japanese more than reading the translation of <laughs> pep talk to Yuji Nagata that... I'm you need to update your operating system I'm going around the world I'm touring everywhere yeah. You're windows 95 stuck over here blue justice <laughs> I mean you I how lost you- two matches I mean Minoru Suzuki ain't putting anything to chance here <laughs>
0: you know listen the hardware i think matters in in this case you can you can you know have the the newest os available um however downloaded however you might have acquired it but if the hardware is not fast enough then you know it could only handle so much and maybe that's the limitation here well
1: yuji nagata is original nintendo it it might not be on the cutting edge but dude i will play that
0: that system till the day i die All right well and I I hope for the best for them. What a, what a, like the translation of that, just seeing the headline was just like, what a brilliant, brilliant promo. Yeah. This is one where I I don't want a correction
1: if somehow he was mistranslated. Like, let's just go with it because this is brilliant. Uh, Tuesday show will feature, uh, this should be an excellent main event, Kaito Kiyomiya and Ryohei Oiwa against Shota Umino and Ren Narita. So that should be a lot of fun. TMDK takes on Tomohiro Ishii and Toru Yano. Great Okan and Hanare take on Evil and Yujiro and the Gates of Agony looking for their first points against Alex Coughlin and Gabriel Kidd. Dynamite, we had ratings delays due to Thanksgiving, but last Wednesday's show on Thanksgiving Eve did 845,000 viewers, up 3% and their largest audience since October 17th, but their demo fell 8% to its lowest mark since October 24th. So you had a A tale of two numbers here. Female viewership was down at a higher rate than than males, Uh, but the peak viewership, according to WrestleNomics, was the first quarter for Swerve and Lethal, and the peak for 18-49 to was the second quarter, which featured the ending of that match. Uh, They also got a nice boost at 9 p.m. for the rechristening segment. So, confirm draw, Shane O'Wayne, and kill switch. Uh, Absolutely.
0: Yes, more Shane O'Wayne, I'm sure, to come.
1: Yes, and coming out of the weekend, it looks as though Adam Copeland and Christian Cage will have their first match in AEW next week in Montreal. So we're getting to that match a lot sooner than expected.
0: It could be the first of the series. I mean, you know, their next pay-per-view is a long time away. So um, maybe doing it in Canada makes the most sense of their upcoming schedule.
1: I think it's a good setting. Like Montreal needs a boost. Like for your first time in Montreal, they're not knocking them dead with two nights in Montreal that I thought would have been... An easy um, home run for them going to Montreal first time. So maybe w- w- with a week's uh, a week plus notice for that match, maybe they can move. Um, and AW, we have seen that sort of last forty eight hours, uh, the big push for a lot of tickets where people are waiting closer to uh, the day. And I could see that with with Montreal.
0: And I'm forgetting world to end everybody. So. Um... Uh, that is their next pay per view, and it's, yeah, it's actually not that far away. So it's, maybe... a month. it's
1: it's not like it's next weekend.
0: I mean, there, there's always a possibility of a, a series of matches, you know, with a feud this, I guess, you know, long or at least um, long built. I'm sure
1: we'll get plenty over, over the next Mm -hmm. uh, couple of months. And the final thing is Tuesday night's edition of NXT has the family against angel and Humberto for the NXT tag titles, Wesley, Johnny Gargano, Bronson Reed, and Cameron Grimes, where if Wesley wins, he will get the North American title shot against Dominic at deadline. And then the iron survivor qualifying matches. uh, They did put up a video with Jerry Lawler announcing the matches and Man, you you can still see like the the effects that Jerry Lawler is having uh, fr- from the stroke of just getting his uh, j- just getting his talking uh, back. Uh, very uh, un- unfortunate, but I mean it's, it's it's a long recovery process. But uh, he's added Eddie Thorpe against Braun Breaker and Kalani Jordan against Kiana James uh, in the qualifiers, and then Wednesday's Dynamite has swerve strickland against jay white in the gold league mark briscoe against roosh in the tournament and john moxley against jay lethal they are also promoting the return of dante martin who popped up on saturday night and that's a i mean it was march that he suffered the injury but man i saw that injury and i was like man i don't know when i'm gonna see this guy again so i was just happy to see this guy's face and Mm -hmm. um career threatening Oh, that was one yeah. of the most devastating injuries. And certainly you would wonder if, if it's going to have any impact on his style. Yeah, uh, that was yeah. just a devastating injury, but happy to see that he is uh, returning. Christian will respond to Adam Copeland and Brian Danielson is being advertised as the guest commentator. And they're not specifying
0: a match. He might just be on for the whole show. So we're at the stage now where everybody in the tournament has had a match in, a, in a round Robin, you, you kind of have to keep up. Otherwise, you know, it, it's very tough to, to kind of make up those, those extra matches, uh, especially for somebody who um, maybe seems to be as, um, I don't know, uh, I guess um, uh, unknown health wise as a Brian Danielson. So um, I, I, this is going to be like the week where I think we have to find out what exactly the man's status is. Well, he is
1: advertised for collision. They are advertising him against Eddie Kingston for collision on Saturday, but they, they still have that match in hand that they do have to make up, but you can certainly do that one week where he does dynamite and rampage and you, you make up for the match he missed. So, um, yeah, we will see if, uh, Brian Danielson on commentary for two hours could be super entertaining.
0: Oh, certainly. Yes.
1: Let me talk about CM Punk. I've got thoughts.
0: Mm. I think you're uh, missing, uh, maybe the biggest story of the day, John.
1: Um, oh, are you gonna pull up like? Uh, oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you were gonna pull up like Great Muda's daughter. That oh, that's
0: sorry. How could I forget? That, that I, went to my head. We could right talk away. about that too.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, I this was not in my in my uh, uh my old notes from this morning, but yes, QT Marshall has announced that he is leaving AEW. He put up a a note. Thank you, AEW. Thank you, Tony Khan. I've had the privilege of being here since day one, and I've written over 750 formats for AEW and always with pride. As much as I've enjoyed being a VP, manager of talent relations, and wearing a myriad of hats, the company has changed a lot since 2019 and is heading in a different direction, and I feel that it's best I do the same as we only get one chance to go all in. I have officially resigned from AEW and will have fulfilled all obligations by the end of 2023. Thank you to everyone from the front office to the production truck to some of the hardest working talent in the sport. Most importantly, thank you to those who booed cheered and took part in this season of my life. So obviously the line that everyone is going to focus upon 750 format sheets that he produced, Uh, but there, yes, I mean, pretty much just spelling it out. The company has changed a lot and it's, Going in a different direction like that does speak pretty uh, loudly when you're talking about a guy that I've been mean, behind the scenes had a very in- instrumental role in AEW and the day to day
0: operations certainly in his connection to the nightmare factory and all the talents that he might have had a hand in bringing in you know as part of aews like what at one point almost kind of felt like their version of the performance center at least unofficially. so um it's going to add to i i guess the continued uh feeling of aew being a, a bit of a place where um a lot of people are choosing to leave right now um uh, at least that's sort of like the timing of, of this particular message coming off of like CM Punk debuting for for the uh, for the company. It's It's what's going to sort of like be the dominant narrative. We have no idea why exactly he's leaving beyond what he's saying about the company changing direction now is, does that mean the company chose not to renew with him or like he's saying he resigned, but do we also know internally what discussions may have been like, you know, I mean, mean,
1: obviously there was an issue there because I mean, if you're, if you're leaving and everything's just mutual and there's no pro he's not putting that line in there unless it's, it's a, Mm -hmm. it's a parting shot like that. Like he knew exactly what he was doing, putting that line in there uh, as well. Like he's leaving and Is putting a light on something that a lot of audiences are, you know, at a certain. You can you can look at at the big and small issues that AEW is going through, and some of them I think are being overblown. Um, but there's others like there 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 are real issues, and you're battling a momentum aspect to things, and it's not unlike, I think, where you saw that shift in narrative in 1998 with WWF and WCW. Where it just suddenly became, well, WWF's winning, so therefore WCW is losing. And WCW was still doing very strong business, but it was lesser than the industry leader, lesser than their competitor. This so much, we're not so much talking like numbers and revenue, like that has always been, you know, in the on the WWE side. But the the cool factor, the momentum, that has not always been so cut and dry. And and now like there has been a sizable shift and it's been growing for 18 months and it seems like it is greatly distancing itself now over these last couple of weeks
0: i don't disagree with any of that i suppose i also wonder where qt marshall fits into any any of that um we got will osprey but goddamn we've lost qt marshall I mean, again, like uh, behind the scenes, I, I, I'm I'm not entirely aware of what he does, but I hear it's a whole lot. You know, you have see in this a uh, uh, reply here from Pueyo del Sol saying this man won't boast Look about at all, all the, the
1: people of- that responded to this exactly.
0: You know, this man won't boast about all the people he helped behind the scenes. But as much as we've disliked each other, you'd have to be ignorant not to give him his flowers. Not only for his backstage work, but his in-ring work is world-class. Those that pay real attention know that. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure internally a big loss and maybe a loss for morale, too, from people who have been here since day one that have relied upon, you know, QT efforts. So uh, where do you think he ends up? Any – any, uh, throw it out there. Where is he going?
1: Oh, man. I, I think it's uh, – I think in. It- pretty much spells itself out i mean nwa on the cw app i mean wouldn't uh, that be the landing i mean i don't know i mean I, I i would i would certainly think that just based on on that statement that he has somewhere to land
0: yeah i would i would think so too
1: um before we uh, move on to the contest want to let everyone know that you can always uh, grab your news at postwrestling.com today i did a a lengthy historical piece the saga of CM Punk. I think I can officially say that in my writing history, I have now written more about CM Punk than I ever did about Montreal from 1997 and that is not wow. a small feat, okay? I think I think this past year has just uh, done me in uh, when it comes to uh, to punk, but you can uh, read this whole historical look as I tried to put this return into context, the relevant questions, what we should be uh, focused on, what are a lot of the key factors. But I know everyone sometimes they don't want to be reading. Instead, if you want to listen to my wonderful voice accompanied by some uh, by some clips for emphasis, you can go to postwrestlingcafe.com. This special uh, audio commentary is up for all members of the Post Wrestling Cafe today. It's usually up for Double Double and Espresso members. So if you enjoy this one, consider jumping up to the Double Double or Espresso level where I drop these audio updates multiple times uh, per week so you can uh, check that out.
0: Really, really fantastic work. Again, it's almost like a, a a little bit of a mini documentary here. You know, John has always written fantastic entries for the website. Now he's turning those into, you know, the, these these fantastic little audio docs. John throws in little clips in there to give you full context. So, uh, great work today, John.
1: Yes, I was made aware that when capturing the clips, I I may have had the uh, the speed increased on on a, on one of the the clips and oh. there's only one person out there who could have uh detected that and and they did let me uh, aware of this this error which i i do regret.
0: Well maybe um, maybe you you purposely did it for the all uh was it all out press conference where it was actually slowed down. Remember the the punk press release? I actually took nothing from the all out press conference for this
1: one. That, that was almost too easy. I want to find like some of the other uh interesting cl- honestly like there is a There is a fun exercise to be had to go through the other CM Punk press conferences and contrast because everyone remembers the details of the all out one. But if you go back to that first one, the first night he comes in or the one after Revolution when the ROH library has just been purchased and the guy's emotional. He's in tears about how his footage is in the right hands. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it is amazing to go back and you just come to the conclusion like what happened from. August of 2021 to basically till August of 2022. I mean, it's just astounding to see how this relationship changed from a guy that just seemed like he had got his, he basically says like, it's not often you get a second chance and here I am. And I mean, there's certainly we're, we're going, it's just natural that we're going to compare it now that we're seeing pretty much like act three of mm-hmm. this wrestling career for, for, for this guy beginning on Saturday and continuing tonight. And you know, it's uh it's one speaking of acts. We are now going to be, I didn't have a good uh, segue over there, but uh, everyone knows about the Iron Claw that will be coming out December 22nd in theaters, but because you are a loyal post-wrestling listener, and we will preface this by saying this is uh, geographically specific to those that are in and around Toronto that have the ability to get to the Scotiabank Theater on Thursday, December the 14th, we are have a bunch of tickets to give away to this advanced screening and we are doing a giveaway uh, both on instagram and online yeah. so,
0: so. It, exactly john yes yes you, there are two ways to enter this contest we have eight pairs of tickets to give away which is a whole lot that's uh the, the, you know for you and a friend or or whoever a date maybe to bring to this movie two ways to enter what a first date this could be we're gonna go see the story <laughs> of Fritz von eric <laughs> I, I i don't doubt that a lot of people might have that first experience um Uh, with the von eric family on a date but uh, there are two ways to enter one based on luck and one based on merit and you can enter both ways first of all on instagram you can search at post wrestling follow the account find our post up at the top right now about the iron claw and all you have to do is like the photo and comment by tagging a friend that you think would be interested in seeing the movie uh and we'll enter you into a draw and you can enter as many times as you like, but you must be following at post wrestling on Instagram. We will make that draw on December the 8th. Uh, The contest based on merit. If you want to actually maybe do a little bit of work to improve your chances, you can tweet us on Twitter, sorry uh, on X with your dream pro wrestling biopic casting. So go to X, go to at post wrestling and tweet us a photo of the actor and the wrestler that you're casting them as. You can use, uh, actually, you don't even use hashtags. Just, uh, just reply underneath the, uh, the 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 pin comment right now with our Iron Claw contest. And as well, you must be following at Post Wrestling on Twitter in order to win. So we'll collect all the entries of the Twitter contest, and we will actually compare them and judge them live. On rewind of SmackDown on December the eighth, John. So that'll be a fun little p- contest for our p- podcast. So again, two ways to win: uh, advanced screening tickets for the Iron Claw on de- uh, What is this? December the fourteenth in the Greater Toronto area at the Scotiabank Theatre. On Instagram, find the Iron Claw post, like the photo, tag a friend, and follow at Post Wrestling. That enters you into a draw. Or on Twitter, tweet us photos of your dream wrestling biopic fan cast. Follow at Post Wrestling on Twitter to enter. Both contests close on December the 8th. Winners will be contacted through DMs.
1: I'm looking forward to the the casting choices uh, out there. I'm hoping for some really creative entries, and we will have some fun going through those. And the uh, the best ones will get chosen. And who knows, maybe your biopic will come to life one day when an aspiring director tunes in and says, you know what, great casting.
0: We know Hollywood pays attention, so this is really your chance to make your dreams come true. and putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you.
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are 40 minutes into the show, commercial-free, and now it is time to go into tonight's episode of Raw from Nashville, Tennessee, which featured, I mean, someone that I never thought we would ever see at a wwe event i mean mm. a lot has happened and this person is back and no i'm not doing the tired r-truth joke um after all these years and uh some spirited back and forth and ideas of you know this person being excommunicated from pro wrestling dixie carter backstage at the bridgestone arena <laughs> there she was getting her pics with nick aldis her um uh nephew nick uh nick aldis right I thought that no, was no, EC3. no, that was EC3. That was EC3. I'm sorry. I've got my Carter's mixed up here. And uh, and Cody Rhodes, who was, you know, in TNA for a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm.
0: A brief time, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, listen, I mean, always nice to see Dixie Carter. Um, from all accounts, somebody incredibly uh, well-liked in, in the professional, at least within her company. Um, it's Nashville, I guess. Why wouldn't you expect, you know, somebody who's a, a, a longtime professional wrestling sort of a, a name to make a backstage appearance?
1: Um yeah, I mean I I felt like there, there should have been a plug for like follow TNA Dixie. Remember how that used to be a staple?
0: Every single impact <sighs> show they had to plug her Twitter account. I guess so. For what reason? Like I mean, I guess she, she's I don't know, they like just a always
1: of- uh posted it. Oh, look at this the reunion of Bruce Pritchard and Dixie Carter.
0: That's I mean, it. Yes. My goodness. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Well, let's get into tonight's show. A brand new theme song for Raw by deaf Rebel. Did you catch this song? Uh I I you know, I actually completely skipped it. Was it good? It's I didn't even realize. A song that you're going to hear thousands of times and it'll be in one ear out the other. Randy Orton and his uh and his uh brand new weightlifting program showed up at the start of the show. I mean this this guy's gigantic. He's just huge. huge. Like yeah. Wade Barrett is like, "Man, I've never seen this guy so big before." I mean, he is carrying some weight.
0: Is this the biggest we've seen, Randy?
1: Oh, I mean, he he bulked up um for, for a time in the, like those early 2000s i mean he had that real puffy look um but th- this is a pretty sizable randy orton
0: yeah i would say so they said he's too.
1: doing he, he's doing a new strength program where it's less weight but more reps and this is the end result he's working on
0: stamina less weight like more reps all right maybe that's what i need to do maybe that's the secret yeah,
1: he's got to do all more stamina for five minutes in war games and then a 10 minute tv match hmm with a commercial in the middle so randy's out he said he never got to compete in a war games before means he wasn't on last year's and that was the match invented by Dusty. and he's got unfinished business with the bloodline i've got a bag full of receipts for all members of the group really went out of his way to say all members of the group and the rkos are coming Rhea Ripley interrupts him and says how his return was upstaged on Saturday. The landscape has changed. Bloodline has fallen and Judgment Day has risen. War Games was just a bump in the road. We still have all the gold. And if it wasn't for you, Randy, Damian would be the champion now. And says that unlike the bloodline, we get the job done and you will be out permanently. So Orton says, you know, mommy this, mommy that, daddy's back. And just like that, this man got his next merchandise line and a new chant. For for Randy. Mm-hmm. So did Daddy ask about his son? Uh just disappeared.
0: His son. orton's
1: Well, his uh his lackey, I guess.
0: Who's that? I don't know.
1: Maybe it's a mystery or a riddle. And <laughs>
0: oh my <I'm> god. <kidding. laughs>
1: the crowd's chanting, Who's your daddy? And Randy says, How oh, no one tells me what to do. And Rhea says, that's fine. You've made your bed and you are our enemy. So Dominic and JD, the big guns, they come out for Orton from behind. JD's in a neck brace, which I feel JD's going to be in this neck brace for years. And that's strong. he, yeah, he ends up taking the RKO when Dominic escapes. And Orton is off to find Adam Pierce to get a match with Dominic tonight. And Wade Barrett proclaims that Randy is giving planet Earth what it wants with this match. Randy Orton, after a year and a half, his first singles match back will be with dirty Dom.
0: Exactly. What, what I think everybody wants. Yeah. On this, on the, around the globe. Um, Good, good segment. I think Randy's, you know, sort of um presence uh, on screen and on the microphone still it's feels... happy. Randy guys, signing autographs on the way to the ring. It almost felt like over the top, you know? And, and I think that's the space that I like Randy Orton the best where he's so over the top baby face that you almost suspect that he might be turning and he might snap and he might RKO somebody at any moment. I, I almost, think
1: that's what you're led to believe after the Jey Uso segment is, is exactly is that he's um, let, putting everyone in this like false sense.
0: Well, let's remember. I mean, the entire Matt Riddle program, I feel, was to take us off guard before he actually turned and snapped on riddle. We can't have that moment anymore. So how are they going to rebuild this by, you know, taking a very over baby face, Randy Orton, especially coming back after like a year and a half. Um, And how are they going to shock us with that? You know, first star KO. It's, to it's him taking out Cody.
1: Like that's, that's the yeah. guy
0: totally absolutely so this was like a good reintroductory segment i like the fact that it was like somebody who has kind of risen to stardom in the time that he's been away like a rhea ripley coming out and confronting him on behalf of the judgment day so the daddy's back line was fantastic as well so overall like good reintroduction
1: what did you think about the structure the two big things on the show were the opening segment and the closing segment they opened with orton closed with punk and i did feel like this crowd um they wanted to hear CM Punk, and I think it did hurt, like, a lot of the heat on on this show that it was, I think, after this segment, you realize, okay, they're saving Punk till the end of the show, and I I did feel like, and this was a great crowd. They had over 10,000 people in the arena. Um, they moved a bunch of tickets since Saturday, and already it was a very uh, healthy advance, um, but but what did you just think about the the structure of that?
0: Well, considering Randy was going to to wrestle Dom, Dom later on, I mean, this was kind of your only option. And even if he wasn't going to wrestle, I think, you know, I always like having the biggest thing end the show. It just, to me, makes a much bigger flow. There's certainly a lot more interest in hearing people speak, uh, sorry, hearing CM Punk speak on WWE TV for, for the first time compared to Randy, who you know, despite coming back, like being the, here for the first time in one and a half months, he's not going to say anything that revolutionary. You know, nor am I that interested in what Randy Orton has to say. So I think to start the show off with him was uh, perfectly fine. All right. The teams are getting ready for the tag team turmoil match when
1: our truth comes in and they are introduced to Jelly Roll, who would be all over this show. And Tozawa does his Jelly Roll.
0: Were you familiar with this artist?
1: Uh Yes, I was. Huh. don't ask me to name any of his discography, but okay. uh, uh, f- familiar with him. I mean, more so he was. He was certainly popular uh, in in Nashville.
0: Well, we joke about like, you know, uh, our truth, uh, you know, being the one to make the big return on Saturday. But the man has fit into his role perfectly well after that injury, you know, comes back and like was in multiple segments tonight. No, no, no sketch rust none at all great as ever you know i i really felt like r truth like he does have a place in this company and he, he does could be on every week's show and mm-hmm. he doesn't have to wrestle yeah. like you do not need to put this guy
1: in matches he could be on the show every week
0: yeah and i would say like the lack of the 24 7 championship i think even like opens up the possibilities of what you could do with an r truth now that doesn't involve any sort of like i don't know groan inducing like semblance of a of a a wrestling match right so um i thought everything i've seen with him up until this point including the ruffle sketch has been really fun the tag team turmoil match so we had an hour-long commercial free
1: raw and yet they still raced through a bunch of these matches um diy took on otis and akira tozawa uh not chad gable and so we had a. They promoted the four-way that Gargano's part of on NXT tomorrow night. They had Tozawa and Otis do double caterpillars. And then Tozawa comes off the shoulders of Otis and he leaps and he was supposed to be uh, taking a, Knee from Chompa, but the timing was all off here. So this this was kind of a mess. And then we uh did the meet in the middle and Tozawa was pinned in three minutes and 12 seconds. Uh Tozawa had a hell of a time in this. There was also a leapfrog spot where he just went up and Chompa had to like catch his leg and just like hold on to him. So mm. uh timing was off even in these uh three minutes and DIY advance
0: yeah i would say very little inter- uh, reaction to diy winning here it almost felt like the crowd was more partial to tozawa-, tozawa and otis as like you know the team that actually has been given more personality behind the scenes so yeah. um diy yeah. is
1: turning into doa not the biker gang just the acronym next was in huge
0: mm-hmm. match um, first they- match for them since uh june <laughs> cool Great. Like, if you even remember that run back in May and June. Dude, know? the crazy part is that, like, I'm not saying
1: this guy was uh, revolutionizing television on Tuesday nights. But, dude, so- uh, Sanga was, like, actually mm-hmm. a pretty entertaining personality on NXT. Yeah, And they've just reverted him to, like, this, this nothing mute with Veer. I mean, both of them. It's, like, they're not any ounce over than they were before. And Sanga was actually doing something on nxt he became this like this lovable giant on Mm -hmm. that show and he's just regressed to this and you're saying they haven't
0: wrestled since june no they haven't well they haven't wrestled on w raw since june they were in nxt yeah
1: well this one went a minute 20 veer missed gargano in the corner and was rolled
0: up so diy continues (laughs) I, I mean, booking that was somewhat surprising, you know, considering, I mean, it's, it's two like giants and this is their first batch back on raw and they just basically had them lose to DIY clean. And I'm trying to think the reason why, I mean, this could be their way of springboarding to DIY versus industry. Um, Although watching the show, you had no indication that they had anything planned for Indushear because it's, it's DIY versus Imperium, right? Yeah. Um, like it could just be their way of giving DIY a strong win because they weren't going to win this tag team turmoil match. But I'm, I don't know, man, if you waited, if you're a big industry fan, you waited like several months for them to make their raw return. This was um, not a good night for you. I don't know if anyone's ever said springboarding towards a program with Indus Shear before,
1: but uh, <laughs> that would, that would, that would mean uh, some kind of upward uh, movement uh-huh. DIY and the creeds. I will say this about the creeds. Uh, when Brutus is in there, Anything can happen. Okay. It's like watching a dude on skates that is just trying to like learn for the first time at points. Like there's some stuff he pulls off and then there's others where it's just like, dude, it's, he's got no control. He's just Mm -hmm. going for things. Um, Brutus lifts Champa with this double underhook, and then Julius leapfrogs over Brutus and drives Champa into the mat. Meet in the middle gets stopped by Brutus, and Julius hits a powerbomb to Gargano, and they hit the Brutus ball in four minutes and six seconds, beating DIY. So the Creeds advance to take on the New Day. Another short match. They were really struggling with heat here, but the Creeds are, I mean, <laughs> I'm very compelled when I'm watching. Julius is, I mean, this guy's very impressive.
0: Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say the totality of them are probably good enough for them to want to push because they made those two look incredibly strong coming out of this match.
1: The New Day came out in Nashville Predators jerseys, and Julius does his deadlift onto Kofi. Kofi hit a double stomp, and then Brutus ducks the trouble in paradise, rolls through on a high cross, and Julius hits the away slam on Kingston. Woods is sent out of the ring, and they hit another Brutus ball, pinning Kofi in six minutes and 18 seconds. I thought it was over. I thought they had won, and then there was another team because Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci were next, so we get another match, and this saw the Imperial bomb that... Uh, Michael Cole did not know what it was called, but did note that they have had a lot of success with that move. Kaiser chop blocks the knee of Brutus. And then Julius is in with like a million belly to bellies and then grabs both men and double suplexes them. That looked incredible. Then he gut wrench power bombs. Kaiser Uh, Kaiser manages to rake the eyes and Vinci shoves Brutus off the top and they run Julius into the post. There's another Imperial bomb attempt when Julius runs across the ring and goes to leap off his brother's back onto the top rope. The dude slips and then just does like a fucking box jump onto the top turnbuckle. This was like the best botch of the year. It was like, it was more impressive that he recovered after this slip and still managed to pull this off. It's like he didn't need his brother. No, he could have just leapt. Like the brother was actually the hindrance here. And then they hit the Brutus ball onto Vinci. Um, Vinci when he took this Brutus ball he came down on his arm and my god was he grabbing it and he said something to the ref and then Brutus delayed his pin and then came over and covered him um but Vinci was like he he was on the floor just like selling and he was in the backstage segment so presumably he was okay but he looked like he came down rough and the creeds win so this sets up the creeds against Finn Balor and
0: Damien Priest in the future Mm-hmm. They made, I mean, the Creeds look really strong here. To a smaller extent, I think they gave DIY a notable run as well, having them pin in this year Um, I felt like these so, these sort of like a you know tag team turmoil gauntlet style matches. They're they're typically good at like you know hy- hyping up a brand new challenger really out of nothing. But the Creeds were not even starting from nothing, so I think this bolsters them pretty well. Um, you're building your uh, your tag team division and this format seemed to work well for the commercial free sort of portion. Um, None of the teams are really all that over, but um, the wrestling I thought was like, you know, pretty decent overall.
1: Judgment days in the clubhouse and Balor, Balor comes in. He's like, you see these Creed guys, we better not take them lightly. And priest is just, okay, guys, go ahead. Let me have it. I was the leader. We lost at war games. And instead Balor and Ripley, they explain, Hey, we're a family. We rise together. We fall together. It's only one loss. You need to relax. And Damien says, well, I appreciate that. And at that moment, I'm like, this guy is getting killed
0: by this group. Right. Anytime heels are nice or like involved in any sort of wholesome moment, you have to end up being suspicious, right? Because, uh, well, I mean, they're not supposed to be nice and wholesome. So let's see how they tell this story. You know, the countdown clock has begun Mm -hmm. and JD is off being checked after the
1: RKO by Randy, Cody Rhodes comes out, and he thanks his team at War Games, including Randy, who helped him win his dad's match. And Cody gets choked up at the mention of Dusty and then says that with CM Punk coming back, all I have to say is, welcome back. Great to have you on board, pal. And he says, I want to make some news myself. And he announces he is entering the Royal Rumble in two months. Mm
0: Mm-hmm it's that time isn't it i mean that's their next pay-per-view right
1: it is yeah we have a long ways away until that but yes we have our first entrant and then the lights go out it's like oh christ has malachi black followed me here too (laughs) and it's shinsuke nakamura on the screen yes cody has drawn shinsuke duty during this lull until the rumble and shinsuke says that a brave hero you are a brave hero cody who has won the battle but i need you to set me free to awaken me to evolve I was very patient with you week after week. I'm done waiting. I will bring chaos to you. So, dude, Toriano's coming. Oh, Yoshihashi, the whole crew is coming over. They're all so. ready. And then the lights come on and Nakamura's in the ring. Cody turns around and he is hit with the red mist. We don't have enough mist in professional you know. wrestling from uh noah right now to julia hart and now nakamura like all all our tenants of professional wrestling mm. incorporating mist i mean here's here's our tribute to uh the great kabuki as we get closer mm-hmm. to the iron Claw.
0: i mean not to mention asuka on the other show right you know that's right yes uh listen it's a very effective uh um sort of a tactic so so, so it is joey janela the other night with tajiri i did, didn't catch that one the spot there. he oh.
1: did was that um he's in the corner and Tajiri is getting the the green mist ready and mm-hmm. he sprays it but then joey reveals he's got his sunglasses on so he blocked the green mist takes off the sunglasses and Tajiri like kicks him and hits him with like the red mist afterwards i think i think oh, red mist.
0: Okay. So he had, he had the double mist so is this the type of mist that'll turn somebody into uh somebody else's daughter that nakamura sprayed on uh cody today
1: Oh, this this is probably going to have um an expedited effect on Cody. I would say he's already up to forty percent if he didn't get the uh, the antibodies in him after. Gotcha. Okay.
0: Well it's gonna um, come back as Stardust. Ooh, interesting. Um, I think uh so you know, this is the reveal that Cody was the person Nakamura was referring to in all of his promos. And I think this was pretty well hinted at throughout, you know, Nakamura's sort of um riddles, you know. Um about his target's involvement in war games. So we knew it would be probably one of the baby faces on that team. And also specifically the line about privilege. And um, I suppose you can make a very strong case about Cody being privileged enough as the son of dusty Rhodes, But as always, I'm sure Cody will have um, a great promo to counter some of those claims. So I look forward to this like very introspective, you know, very sort of thoughtful subtitle Shintike Nakamura and seeing what Cody could do with this type of character because it's entirely different from what he's been doing in WWE so far.
1: Well, if the clues were member of War Games, privileged based mm-hmm. on family lineage, I'm sorry, but I think they really missed out on the other guy <laughs> who's now got a destroyed
0: back. That has just returned after a year and a half. I mean, if ever that that's hard. You're but. right. There are a how, few second generation guys in that match, actually. How can Seth do this back injury now, now that Randy's back? Literally. Um, I I mean, I guess. Every um, one of Randy's big matches has to be built around this back. Does it not? Today wasn't really. It wasn't hinted. He sold, at, it, a so he sold a it a little bit. He sold it a little bit. Yeah. Well, listen. He's he's doing more reps now, John. So he's that back is good. Okay. Maybe Seth is going to. <laughs> it, it's it's comprom- It's it's enforced. It's he's got titanium spine
1: now. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So we'll he's worked it out.
0: So I mean, for Cody, like Nakamura placeholder duty, I think is good. Like for, between now and the Rumble, we already know what his long term is we need a bridge for him and it's this might not even be a pay-per-view match it probably isn't a pay-per-view no, it match. won't be a pay-per-view there's no yeah. pay-per-view this is tv because he, he's in the rumble yeah. yeah
1: they promoted smackdown in brooklyn on friday it's the fallout of war games with damage control and logan paul who appears to be on the show is looking for his first challenger for the u.s title michael cole and wade barrett give a shout out to living color for cult of personality
0: mm-hmm.
1: i don't think that ever happened in aw did they ever give them a shout out
0: uh I don't know. I'm not sure. Not yeah, like they this. Told I AEW
1: guess. W, it's on the house, and with ww it's like, yeah, we 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 want some residuals <laughs> yeah, for this one. It's, it's our remastered version that we're giving you the rights to.
0: Really, they are the the best, biggest uh, beneficiaries of all the CM Punk drama, right? You no, know, no, dude, how dude. how many albums have they? How many extra downloads have they received every time this guy makes a new debut in a new company? Living
1: color is living large off of Phil That's it. Bronson Reed against Ivar, or as Wade call it, two beef planets squaring off. I was looking forward to this match. Uh unfortunately 10,000 people were not in this mm-hmm. in this arena cuz this was just a very quiet match of these two just uh playing, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla for 9 minutes. Ivar does a spinning slam, misses the moonsault, and then Reed climbs up for the tsunami when Valhalla gets on the apron, distracts, and she is ejected. Reed gets sent to the floor. Ivar is off the apron, but Reed can't catch him. He just drops the guy. They fight into the timekeeper's area, and we see a Death Valley driver into the barricade. Both men get counted out, and they brawl throughout the floor. They take out all these production members, including Reed lawn-darting one of them, and then Ivar coming off the equipment with a cannonball. So it was funny. It was like the match the audience was dead for, the count out they shrugged their shoulders at, and then it was all the post-match stuff that they seemed to get into with dudes jumping off of equipment boxes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, like with, with these sort of like, I mean, this is almost, it's not a new thing, but I think it's become more of a thing this year. You know, the meat match. You know, you put your two super heavyweights together and you have them do like really sort of extraordinary things. Um, I think a lot a lot of those matches are basically contingent on like, what spectacular things these meaty men can do, right? And how hard they could hit each other. This match wasn't really much of any of that for the first portion. It wasn't until they got to the outside, started doing like flips onto each other and dives off of crates onto each other that this card really got into it. So this was always just meant to be, I think, a way to get to the rematch that hopefully will have a bit more inter- um, crowd interaction for it. And I thought tonight, overall, by the end of it, it was successful. They might even do a false count anywhere stipulation coming out of this.
1: Yeah, they, they could. They definitely teased that. Afterwards.
0: Which would be unique for, you know, like two super heavyweights.
1: And there'd be a reason then to do the count out. Mm-hmm. The besties earlier today, Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark are reflecting on Survivor Series. And Baszler says, ah, don't worry about it. You'll get another shot at Rhea. And Nia comes in making fun of her losing and says, it should have been me at Survivor Series. Puts all the women on notice. And Baszler tells her to shut your hole. And Zoe challenges her to a match. And Nia says, cool. And that's the match we're going to get later. Judgment Day are walking into their clubhouse. And there's R-Truth with a platter of jelly rolls with sugar all over the couch. And R-Truth says, I want to be the fifth member of War Games. And Judgment Day have to be like the, the idiot straight men here that have to like explain that, oh, War Games happened already. We lost. Thanks for bringing that up. He's like, well, cheer up. At least Randy's back and they get mad at this and JD is off to go take care of our truth which he never did take care of our truth on this show did he I guess that's that's so what This I, is a lingering I,
0: chase for JD to go after our truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hilarious, wasn't it? I liked it, John, okay. you know. Okay. I'm sorry. Look, look at all the sugar on this guy's face. Come on, isn't that funny? Hilarious.
1: I I needed a a break. I was just my ribs. They were sore from (laughs) laughing. Nia Jax against Zoe Stark. Uh, Jax hit an avalanche and then Stark leaps onto the buckle, hits a clothesline to the floor. Dude, when she went to the floor, I thought she was going to kill herself going down to this floor. Uh, We come back. Starks gets swung into the buckle. And then there's a corkscrew sent on by Starks. She stops the Annihilator by kicking the rope and then hits a springboard drop kick. But then Stark is knocked off balance. Samoan drops sent on and Nia wins clean with the Annihilator in nine minutes and five seconds. So Nia made a strong argument why she should have got this match at the Survivor Series, but she didn't. So
0: the, mm. she she squished Zoe Stark. Well, I mean, Zoe won it fair and square, didn't she? Didn't she earn it through some sort of match? Yes, at she point?
1: did win the uh, the five way. So right. she did have a claim yeah. to it. But um.
0: Yeah, I mean, similar to last week, Nia is uh, really um, not very smooth in the ring, but I think her size allows these babyface underdogs to showcase something, you know, f- about themselves. And I thought Zoe had like a good little near fall built here, and um, they're clearly setting Nia up for either Becky or long term, maybe even Rhea at this point. You would be the guilty
1: pleasure mixed match challenge team, and I would tune into Facebook every week if it existed still.
0: Gunther and Nia.
1: Nia Jax and Brutus, but you're right. <laughs> Gunther and Nia Jax might be even better. I think we could rebook the mix-match challenge and it's like I'm not I'm not sco- I'm not trying to get great matches out of this. I'm trying to get <laughs> personal entertaining matches out of mm. it. and I think you can mix and match to such a degree that you you could have a lot of fun.
0: Well, maybe someday. Hit up uh, Mark Zuckerberg and see if uh, we can get Facebook to get on board again.
1: I think Facebook's dealing with a lot more problems than the mixed match challenge coming back. Imperium's in the back, and Gunther expects them to sort out the DIY issue. It's like the DIY issue. They classify as an issue now. Well, what
0: issue? Like they weren't they had no interaction in the tag team turmoil match today. So I guess an issue from prior weeks, I guess.
1: Well, they've been dealing with them, and I guess I guess Gunther wants them killed. That's the conclusion. They're still <laughs> breathing there's a problem so (laughs) Kaiser says he promises to take care of it cutting off Vinci and then Gunther turns around and the Miz is there to challenge him again Gunther says Miz is no threat to his legendary title reign but you did come prepared for a fight and can claim to belong in the ring just not with me so Mm. he's now growing instead of having zero respect for him he now has little respect for the Miz
0: sure sure um and then maybe in a year's time it'll you know be uh 75 percent they'll be teaming within a year yeah i'm totally cool with the rematch here you know mainly for the mic work i i think gunther has really impressed on the microphone and i think the Miz helped drag some of that out of him conversely gunther has been squeezing every last drop of wrestling ability out of the Miz. so for a tv rematch i'm totally down for it seth rollins comes out and he has met with CM
1: Punk chants, and he encourages them and doesn't want to spend one more second on that hypocrite. He doesn't matter, and I want to talk about the title I've built to become the most important in this industry.
0: So you know the the reaction immediately from the get go was um, was for the fans to direct the CM Punk chant at Seth Rollins. So I mean it tells you how many people have taken to all the off air things that they they've done. You know since Saturday that worked
1: on Saturday. Very like They they knew that that was going to circulate and and worst case it was like okay we'll we'll readjust. But they knew that that was going to get picked up. By yeah. all the fans that would have a more, in in fact, I thought it worked really well. And you know, in this segment, it's just like this is just another angle by by the end of it. But
0: I it mean, was it, always going a, to be just another angle, though. You know,
1: it was it was just a, a little over the top here, but you did kind of have to lead people in in that direction, and they did. He's got the itch to be a fighting champion, and he's about to announce his opponent when Drew McIntyre comes out and says that he first he offers his hand and congratulates him on winning more games. I teamed with judgment day. Didn't get Jey Uso on a silver platter, nor did they have some grand master plan. I need to put Jey on the back burner because what's most important is winning your title. And what you told me before crown jewel was that I would have no one to blame, but myself, and it would be the best thing for me to lose. And he says there was a point in their match at crown jewel where he had Rollins done. And he was about to finish him when he had sympathy. And with that, Seth slapped him during the match And Drew needs to become a shark. The compassion is gone, and he wants a rematch with Seth. But Rollins says that there are a few others ahead of you that deserve a title shot. So next week, I'm defending the title on Raw. And Drew asks, who are you defending it against? And Seth hesitates, and he tells him, Jey Uso. And Drew is like, what the hell? I beat this guy. Clean. Total, like, argument, again, on this guy's side. Like, he does have logic on his side for all this. There's no reason Jay Uso should be getting a title shot. But he just beat him last week for the advantage.
0: That is very true. So maybe somebody else should have been in, like, Cody, for instance. You know, the guy who scored the pinfall at Wargames. Maybe he should be the one actually in line. But Drew, like, I, the argument is maybe more so Drew already had his shot. And he has to go to the back of the line. So even beating Jay might not have been enough. Anyway we're not supposed to think about it that deep i guess
1: so he responds by hitting a glasgow kiss to seth rollins and then somehow here like cut his forehead which really added to um this seriously this i think he hit the belt or something i thought so too because there wasn't uh, th- there was no mark on seth it's not like he connected with, with him and you're yeah. right i think he might have just because the, the head goes down and it was probably right on the belt that he nick themselves but it kind of looked cool and he kept this for the backstage segment with zane so it, it looked uh anyways.
0: it was so perfect john you know like I, and it almost made me wonder if it was somehow like masterfully intentionally done here <laughs> I, I think you're giving too much credit i think this was just a happy accident well it's fine be that as it may you know the, the the way he played with it afterwards once he realized he might have been cut that pause and then that check it almost felt like it was like completely intentional or at the very least um he had some great sense, you know, to 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 basically use this as, you know, fuel. I mean, use the whole mention of Jey Uso simply as his snap. Like, and I think, like, Drew has just done so well throughout this entire course of this heel turn because – we never can definitively say where the heel turn begins because every week he comes back and tries to at least convince a part of us, a portion of us, and a portion of the baby faces that he's still a good guy. Hey, I just teamed with Judgment Day for that one week just so I could get my hands on Jey Uso. Ended up not getting my hands on Jey Uso. You know what? I'm going to move past it. I'm going to be the better man. I'm going to forget about it. And then he, <laughs> Seth mentions Jey Uso getting the title shot and Drew snaps again. Every week, I think they've, they've been doing this push-pull with, with uh, Drew and this sort of tweet a Role just really incredibly well. And this was another week that I thought he was fantastic.
1: So he yells that he beat Jay two weeks ago, and he's got a busted forehead here to end the segment. And uh, Seth is left laying. So Jay comes out at the end to help uh to help Seth, and they end up super kicking Drew out of the ring. In the back after the break, Drew is confronted by Sami Zayn, and Drew says he doesn't know what he's going through. Zane says, you know, I also lost to Roman in front of my family and came up short against Seth Rollins, but I keep moving forward because my end game is becoming world champion. You've already won it twice, and you've got everything going for you. <laughs> and he puts on, you're, you're taller than me. You're bigger than me. I mean, you're, you're, a, you're the poster boy here, and you're acting like a spoiled brat. You're better than that. Drew says, you're right. Maybe I've just got to build myself back up. So I'm going to go speak to Adam Pierce about a match next week
0: against Mm. you. In the span of like what, like this, these, like, I don't know, five minutes of content. I mean, Drew McIntyre has restarted programs with three of the top baby faces on raw, you know, in J. So, of course, in Seth Rollins, um, giving me enough interest in seeing rematches with both of those guys. And now starting something with Sami Zayn as well. So, um. Really, really terrific work from all four of those dudes, but especially Drew McIntyre and especially Sami Zayn, who clearly is no longer a main character on the show. And I don't even know, you know, if outside of the Elimination Chamber he ever was, but he takes every ounce of screen time he has and he maximizes it to – to continue to make you feel like he should be a main eventer. And you know, he too is like kind of t- trying to convince the audience that he, his long-term story is that he's going to ultimately uh, become champion And between now and WrestleMania. I see no place where he could fit that particular story in. So he's, he might have to wait quite a bit longer. And at this point, it's a lot tougher to be, like, top dog as a babyface in this company than it was even a year ago, John. You know, like, you look at all the people in contention. You have your LA Knights. You have, uh, um, you know, Jey Uso. You have Cody, of course. You have potentially... The rock you have cm punk in here so where does the Sami Zayn fit in you know can he actually still hope to become champion at this rate i mean he what i'm trying to say is he's still always going to be an, an underdog not just in character but i think for company favor and and that to me guarantees that you're you're going to get the best of him in every single one of these opportunities
1: chelsea green and piper niven defended the women's tag titles against tegan knox and Natalia. They go to the break. They come back. Knox is in with a molly go round onto green with Niven making the save. And then Knox goes for the code breaker, but green holds her down, allowing Niven to hit a senton. Natalia's in for the save and then Knox stops the unpretty her and green gets caught coming off the apron to the floor. Double team vertical sends green into the barricade and then Niven's off the apron with a cannonball running cross body pins, Knox in eight minutes and 40 seconds.
0: Yeah. All right, match. I mean, you know, bit more activity than your usual sort of um tag team women's division match maybe given a little bit more time i still don't really know where they're building towards here um there's no real team on the horizon that you can get excited for so maxine it's, and ivy nile uh, it's, it's, i guess so yeah great build they did for the, for them tonight i guess
1: orton is preparing in the back and he is met by jay uso who comes in thanks randy for having his back at war games and apologizes you know, for that whole, like, wrecking your back thing, um, you know, that's in my past now. And I'm trying to do right and just leave the past in the past. And, you know, I've I've had Cody's back. And Randy's like, I know you've had Cody's back. You also broke mine. Um, but says, I've noticed this, and that does mean something to me. And I'm going to handle the bloodline. But as long as you're out of the bloodline, we're good. Yeet.
0: And Randy Orton says, (laughs) yeet. They're fine. Yeah. Good to go. Yeah, I mean, definitely too convenient and too easy for Jey Uso to, to walk away like this. And um, not like the Randy Orton we know to just, you know, let go of a grudge, I suppose, um, this easily, right? So, you again, this is the best space that I like my Randy Orton. You know, the space where you are never sure when he's going to snap, when he's going to turn on somebody. And uh, I'm very curious to see how they deal with Orton with this very sort of like, you know, fruitful mix of uh, baby faces right now.
1: Jackie Redmond interviewed Becky who made amends on Saturday but notes there is a thin line between love and hate but no more talking about Saturday there's a couple of fights on the horizon one more pressing than the others and left like, what yeah what is this here?
0: what does this mean um,
1: could be know. could be Naya. the Naya thing's been been teased out there um, yeah that that could be one place that they go
0: so. um do you see any more interaction with uh, Charlotte? And I took this to be, no, that was
1: one night and we're not doing anything.
0: Hmm. I mean, not I mean, for now, at least, you know, not
1: for now, something you could revisit uh, down hmm. the road, Dominic Mysterio and Randy Orton. Wade notes how he's, he's never seen Randy looking so big. And this is where Cole gives us his whole training regimen, Uh big back body drop to Dominic. As we go through a break, Dominic avoids a backdrop onto the desk, nails Randy in the back and sends him into the steps it was really hard to watch this, this monster selling for Dominic Mysterio. I mean, dude, Randy Orton looks like he's got his own zip code. And Dominic looks like the size of his calf. Um, Orton hits a draping DDT onto Dominic, calls for the RKO, but JD pulls Dominic to the floor and then gets into an argument with Jelly Roll in the front roll. And Jelly Roll shoves down JD, then shoves Dominic. Orton comes over. He's best buds with Je- Jelly Roll. Who may have been rolling something else based on Randy's reaction here, and drops Dominic twice on the desk, hits a draping DDT on JD, but then Dominic from behind nails the six one nine, goes for the frog splash, misses, eats the RKO, and Randy Orton wins in nine minutes and thirty five seconds, and he is now two and zero in his return.
0: I guess he is. You're right. Yeah. Um. Uh. Pretty typical Orton match, I have to say. You know. Um nothing really all that spectacular, but like crowd ate everything up. You had that added celebrity involvement here from the guy I've never heard of uh, prior to this and people ate it all up, including the jelly roll.
1: Well, um, yeah, well with Randy, I, I think, you know, heavy, heavy crowd engagement. Um mm-hmm. That's, I mean, he had a great kind of chemistry going with, with Matt Riddle. And I think you'd want to replicate that, whether that's for a short term with, with Jay Uso. Um, you know, I, I can certainly see him in those kinds of situations where he's over and doesn't have to kill himself to be, but l- look at all the wear and tear on this guy that led to like his back injury. And that was on, you know, may- maybe the RKO is going to slowly get phased out. Maybe. I taking, don't think he's like, made it. any
0: attempt at, you know, in all these years. Of, I mean, the, 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 um, the punt, I suppose, but um, it doesn't look like he's bringing that one back either. How about a nice punch? Okay. The KO. <laughs> Just the KO, yes. The right knockout.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Last segment of the show, CM Punk comes out and makes a joke about hell freezing over and then mentions being a Blackhawks fan here in Nashville and calls Saturday a career highlight. I've changed. And he was taught that if you speak from the heart, you cannot lose. And he acknowledges that he's got two words to describe Saturday and it sounds corny, but I don't care. I'm home. I'm home. I'm sorry. I listened to a lot of CM Punk interviews and press conferences and lawsuit descriptions and (laughs) anxiety and near death. It was really hard to listen to this and it feel genuine and, for whatever you want to say cm punk always sounds genuine that what he is saying you believe this one was a stretch for me to to hear him state and i think even his fan base would have a hard time uh hearing him whether he truly believes that or not i thought it was really hard uh to hear this line and not semi roll your eyes
0: i felt exactly the same way i felt like tonight was going to be a really um difficult promo for punk you know having to answer for all the promos he's cut against the wwe not that far like in the past so what angle was he going to take you know what angle does any celebrity take when they want to come out and they want to claim that they've changed um i didn't sense that much explanation here you know i i I didn't sense much attempt at trying to answer for some of these sort of um, hypocrisy and maybe that they're waiting for the Seth Rollins program to really begin because Rollins has kind of, you know, he's already called him a hypocrite. So you imagine he'd bring up a lot of those things and we'll see where punk goes. But tonight I almost felt like he was maybe the intent that was thought from him was that he was going to call the WWE crowd, Man, once he starts saying universe, that's when we know like it's he's really changed. But like, but he, I felt like he was attempting to say the WWE crowd was his home, um, and I don't think he hit that distinction enough. You know, like it's one thing to say I came back for all of you, which is what I think he was trying to say, but it really just kind of made it feel like he's been lying, or either now or throughout the past several years.
1: I mean, obviously. He's going to be a mega babyface upon return. I wouldn't suggest otherwise. Mm-hmm. But if you do get to a point where it there's logical sense to turn this guy, like there is to me a lot of fertile ground for here is the story that we introduce on night one, and it's Seth Rollins, who up to this point has been the one of the major baby faces, and he's warning everybody about this guy. And slowly it's punk that is exposed as this guy that can't be trusted. And he is the hypocrite. And then the big turn is I left this place to destroy it. But then I realized that if I want to destroy this company, I have to do it inside of it. And that's what I'm here for. And Seth is the one that has been warning everybody all this time. And this could be a a great, he has so much material as a heel in this company coming back but that's impossible to play during the honeymoon that this is and that they should play right now they should absolutely do that i'm just stating that if we're talking this guy's still around in 18 months even a year yeah there would come a time that i mean he could be a really excellent heel in this company that the audience would completely buy in that skin
0: so sir I, i totally agree with everything you you said um, I also think the honeymoon phase is going to end perhaps a lot sooner than maybe even that, John, you know, and it's going to be dependent on, I think, the story that they want to tell, how certain crowds might perceive him. But if you and I are reacting like this to tonight's promo, I can imagine a lot of people feeling the same way, especially people who have, you know, stuck through him. Like, please go on and continue with the rest of the, of the recap, because this was not the only lie we could tell that Phil Brooks was telling
1: yeah, I mean, I'm home, the I'm home promo. This is where I belong. You people never forgot me and all of you are powerful. You never stopped chanting my name. The voiceless found their voice. I heard you. It, dude, this was like the Verbatim. greatest hits. This was all taken from the the return, the, first from, dance. the from the first dance
0: there's there's also bullshit there because they did stop chanting his name
1: that was the big part here is that yes they this ain't 2015 anymore like Mm -hmm. these chants have moved on and they were not like at one time it had become a chant of protest it wasn't just cm punk it was we are rejecting the product you are sending us and cm punk was the embodiment of us protesting you and that has evolved and moved on and this audience moved on. So it did feel like a guy that was out of step with, with the audience that he is stating is all powerful and that I've listened and I've been,
0: uh, it felt like a guy reusing his old material from the first time he came back two years ago.
1: Yeah, It felt like he was playing the greatest hits from that return promo in 2021 mentions how a wise man once told me that to get everything out of this place, I would have to leave and come back. And he hates to admit that the wise man was right. So potentially planting a seed there. Everybody back there is happy to see me and says how AJ is fabulous. Sends her regards. Everyone welcomed me back. Well, almost everyone because some are afraid of the truth and what they don't understand. They're afraid that he set the bar too high or that the brass ring is in my back pocket. That the most controversial man has walked in the front door and their best efforts at being best in the world in this ring, on this microphone, even on commentary, going back to the pipe bomb promo, Mm -hmm. is a lie and is false. The best in the world is back, standing in this ring, live and in living color in Nashville, and his name is CM Punk. And he then puts the mic off and just looks into the camera. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. And That's how right. the show goes off the air, I mean he had a, he had a you know very good delivery, as you would expect c m Punk to have here, and he will know, never not have good delivery. He will always lifetime. have that um yeah the the question will be I'd be very curious from those that were in Nashville like what the reaction was um yeah. number one that this had probably been placed um you know this audience they have been waiting to see this guy in this setting. So the expectations of what this guy will finally say. And then on top of that, you've waited three hours for this, this segment at Mm -hmm. at the end of it. Um, Were they satisfied? Were they not? It's, you know, they, for, for a first night, they put certain things in motion. It's obvious that the Seth direction is where they're going. And I'm really curious what, what the timing is going to be of like, when they put this guy in the ring it's a long wait until the rumble to hold that off of, and I I, I don't know if they'll wait that long to get. like, I, I don't know how many weeks. What's, what's the can rush?
0: Do. What's the rush though? Remember, like he doesn't happen- even he doesn't even have to be on TV every single week.
1: Well, I I think they're going to want him on TV, especially for the this sure. first while. Like they, I think want to have a CM Punk presence, but sure. like remember last year, there was such a surge of interest and and like movement for Bray Wyatt's return. Hmm. And they, they held off a long time and it just, it got repetitive over time that it was like, when are we going to advance past this? Now I'm not saying it's going to be apples to apples, but I, I think with punk, like this is an audience that is, is going to want to see like, what, what is the next chapter and and where you're going and, and how quick do you go to a, a Rollins uh, deal? Like, do you have something in the, like it, as an intermediary
0: beforehand, I can't see them giving away punk's first match like on TV I mean listen they can if they really wanted to yes like you know you mentioned Raw, kind of like you know stakes are a bit higher for Rod for doing well in the ratings right now as well but I also um, don't necessarily see them doing it and and i think um at least waiting until the rumble for his first match seems a little bit more likely to me but you know cm punk talking on the microphone i think is as big of a draw as like you know a match against somebody other than a seth rollins in my opinion um if anything i think seeing him in ring might kind of kill some of the mystique of it um anyway getting back to the promo it was tonight i think a, a pretty safe uncontroversial promo here no like sort of like you know um, counterfeit box style, like type of line, you know that that you could read any controversy. Oh, if anyone was looking for cryptic remarks, there were none here. None at all. None at all. Um, and I Other think than
1: like the the wise man line, but that was like within WWE
0: story. Yeah, yeah, and clearly, like I I like to read that maybe there's there's um this is a man on his best behavior right now. Like it it, it there's and, and I think maybe uh, whatever due to legal reasons, maybe you know no no attempt at at, at any mention of AEW whatsoever as well. Um, and it was perfectly fine, perfectly serviceable. Uh the element that I found most interesting com- coming out of it was I think the how fake this sounded to me for a CM Punk cr- promo. As we've kind of, you know, already discussed. This to me did not feel genuine because it contained so much recycled material from that first dance promo and um did not answer enough for what exactly has changed about him. Um again, I think he could have hit home a bit harder the idea that i chose to return to you the audience i still have my problems through my history with this company that i'm looking to address but predominantly i am back for you i've missed you and i don't think he really said that enough the the i'm home feels icky you know for anybody who's kind of like followed cm punk for this whole time and um i think Listen, um, he's going to get great reactions throughout pretty much like any town that he's 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 going to appear because he's a superstar. But the online discourse could be very different, and it doesn't matter what it is. WWE and CM Punk will benefit because no matter what direction the audience takes him to takes to him as whether as a babyface or a heel, it's going to be good. You know what I mean, John? Like depending on however the audience reacts you pivot you can pivot any direction with cm punk and it's going to be a successful program might even be more successful with the negative reaction towards him
1: yeah i think this all like if you are designing this around punk coming in as this big baby face i just think that at their core this really did miss the essence of why cm punk is this Enduring figure that no matter what controversy he goes through, there's such a heavy demand that there is an audience that are just they they live and breathe through this individual. And the last thing they want to hear is raw rod WWE CM Punk is like, that that, that such- is just such an antithesis of the punk character that even if he genuinely feels that way, I think on night one, I think that you're costing yourself a little bit by showing your hand night one and number two like even the line pretty much saying everyone in the back has welcomed me back like except for one guy like you are supposed to be like the prodigal son that has come like you are the shoot Jey uso like Mm -hmm. that has come here and that you have angered and damaged a lot and there's a lot of story to be had there Now, if all this plays out down the road that you get there and this is designed to be disingenuous, but I I don't think that's the plan, the path of where they're going here. And like Cody Rhodes can be Cody Rhodes. CM Punk should not be Cody Rhodes, the, you know, the the guy that is the perfect representative of the company. This is the guy that like, you know, found his differentiation by pointing out like the corporate image of the Miz and that he was the antithesis of that. And mm. this segment was CM Punk auditioning to be that guy.
0: Right. I We don't know if that was the intent of this promo. Like, you know, this, this sort of reaction that you and I have to it. I don't, we don't know if that was the intent, but they can run with it. Even if that's, that's the result. Is it, doesn't it, John? Like, is it, doesn't that sound a lot more interesting to you? You know, a CM Punk who comes out, thinks nothing is wrong but is massively unaware of how everybody else feels about him. I I mean, I think that's a really like a delusional CM Punk who thinks there's nothing wrong, but actually everything is wrong and nobody likes him. I think that's that's a lot more interesting. So listen, I,
1: they're thinking 10 moves ahead, and the idea of ripping lines from the first dance were designed to make you realize how hollow this sounds when like you are just recycling. Your last return—that was mm-hmm. your love letter to the fan base. Why should this be any different? Um,
0: yeah. I don't think I—I I, I don't know if I give them that much credit to say that I don't. Is intentional. I don't. But I, I, they, I think I think we're giving way too much credit. But I'm that. saying they can pivot and actually pivot to something even more successful than what maybe what they planned. Because a heel CM Punk, who like a soul, sellout CM Punk, I think is so much more interesting. Well, it's—I mean, it was—it was. It was
1: essentially night one here he had you know like six minutes out here i mean not not the end of the world wouldn't call it like the home run but i mean he came out he was very popular he was what the whole show was centered around and i guess we'll see when when the number comes out there are still the delays but i mean the third hour it's like they they have saved some huge stuff for the third hour and it just cannot buck that trend that it is tough to hold the audience in the third hour so we we will see like you're you only get one CM Punk coming back for the first time in 10 years um we'll see if putting him at the end of the show um does have uh a positive result on on the the final quarter but that was the show and WWE is riding a lot of momentum and CM Punk at least short term is going to be that much more buzz that is attached to the company I think this number is going to be very strong they had the first hour that always swells the audience. Um, they were not going up against anywhere close to the level of football game they were last week. And, you know, it's in the in an average pay-per-view coming off the show, you usually get a bump. This one, like this Survivor Series, had uh, so much talk coming out of it. It was a really well-received show with a giant news story. And more than anything else to... Really emphasize that. I mean, this is probably the dream that one Phil Brooks had back in, you know, 2011 when he came back was one day being part of the most social segment in WWE history with 71 million views across all social platforms that we were constantly
0: berated with throughout the night. Well, when I think social media, I do think of Phil Brooks. So perfect. Social media, Brooks. All right,
1: that was Raw. We are going to take your Super Chats if you want to chime in with any of your thoughts, and we will go to forum.postwrestling.com for feedback.
0: Yeah, uh, of course, if you watch us live over at youtube.com slash postwrestling after every single Raw, after every single Dynamite, and for those of you who are Post Wrestling Cafe patrons after every single SmackDown, uh, you can leave a Super Chat here and you can jump to the front of the line of our feedback section and we first... Start things here off with Jake, who sends five dollars. Thank you, Jake. He says, diverting the discussion here, F1 season is complete. Your overall thoughts on the year, your favorite race, loved Vegas, was Max 2 dominant. You catch anything uh, from Abu Dhabi this week? No. Yeah, uh, it was kind of tough for me, um, just coming off of um, you know, Saturday night. But uh my overall thoughts on the year were um it was yeah, not that exciting because um, one person was so incredibly dominant. In fact, like I think some people would consider this like maybe some one of the most dominant seasons ever by uh, by by a champion in, in F one. Um, I I mean I've said in the past that like I think there's something pretty marvelous about like seeing how uh, dominant a person could be, mm, but it's it's maybe not as impressive when you consider the variables when a car is so much faster than other cars, um, and a guy is so much of a better driver than maybe most of the field. Um, the lack of variables has definitely hurt it and and the lack of variance in, in the result, even if um, I don't know, a starting lineup is has max like pretty far in the back, it's not as exciting. So I mean, I don't know what they can do next year, you know, uh outside of relying on other teams to just simply catch up. But um it was not the most exciting season of F1. Um, and I wonder if what drive to survive will do, you know, um, how, what stories they'll be telling to make it feel exciting. I mean, I think outside of like the first place championship, um, there are a lot of really interesting stories like with um, whether or not, you know, Checo might be able to retain his seat, uh, the return of, of Daniel Ricciardo, the rise of McLaren. So for those reasons, I think um, drive to survive might be pretty still fun this year, but the, you kind of have to watch more than like the race for the first position, unfortunately.
1: Yeah. I found this to be a tough season. I mean, I kept up with a good amount of it, but yeah, it did. um uh, There was just a, a lack of, you know, compelling reasons on a near weekly basis uh, for it as well. I wouldn't say it like extinguished my interest, but um yeah, I'm kind of curious what what they do with it because it's not as though there there weren't plenty of like stories off track that they can focus on for the series. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's it's probably a good time to have your off season, you get the reset and hopefully like re energize for, for next year. But it's it's probably gonna be a very similar kind of dominance that you that you're you're going to have unless we start to do like mystery vortex cards where you just have to draw, you know. I want to see Max Verstappen drive a Haas. That would be great for a race. Awesome.
0: Did you watch uh, Vegas at all?
1: Vegas, I thought was great. I mean, yeah. for all the complaints that went into that. I mean, I don't live in Las Vegas, so it didn't affect my commute, but I thought what a home run of a race. That was mm-hmm. such an exciting race. Um, yeah. I, I just thought it was really
0: uh, That could be an episode on its own. Just I think that this probably will be like that that, to me is going to
1: replace like Miami to me is like their, their big U S stop. I think that that's, um, I I just thought that was, just an excellent it was it was a ton
0: that they had to invest in this but they're there for the long term obviously it was a really fun race vegas was thank you jake let's go to andy who sends 100 rupees thank you andy he says punk's ability to draw such a wide range of emotions from such a buy the numbers promo is amazing but didn't enjoy raw as much as the last few weeks I mean, that's, that's a good point. You know, like this, this was by a pretty like by the numbers CM Punk promo, but the fact that it was so by the numbers and the fact that it felt so eerily similar to his first return, um, with AEW. Isn't that a problem if you're calling it a by the numbers promo,
1: like this is your 10 year return. Like, should it be classified as a by the
0: numbers promo? So Andy's point is that even a by the numbers promo can elicit so much discussion, well, when, of course, this came, is the biggest
1: oh. news story of the entire show. Like, this is what everything was built around. Like, I don't think we'd just be shrugging our shoulders for, you know, like, okay, Brett came back. It was uh, it was cool, him and him and Sean had a moment in there, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it, it was going to be discussed heavily. Like,
0: it was well, the biggest thing on the show by leaps and bounds. I think his point was just more so, like, no matter what this guy does, if he says anything, he's going to be the center of attention in the wrestling world.
1: Well, of course, that's why he's back, yeah.
0: That's it. Thank you, Andy, for the uh, feedback. And let's go to forum.postwrestling.com.
1: We'll start with Andrew from Cape Breton. It definitely seemed like WWE is the the hottest it's ever been at Survivor Series with Punk's return. Even hotter than usual, the show had this night after WrestleMania feel. What followed was a big man match, finish out of the 80s, bad R-Truth comedy segments, the longest Nia Jax match I can remember, and some individual named Jelly Roll. But everyone was waiting with bated breath and waiting in anticipation for Punk. And golly gee, a white meat baby face promo. When everything went down in AEW, I was always hoping things could work out because Punk in AEW was incredible. It was some of the best work of his career. And while it's really early, it already feels like he fit better there. I actually do have some sympathy for Tony Khan as he had to juggle making both Punk and the Young Bucks happy as they were in a contract year. He failed and everyone failed. And it's a shame as I don't think Seth Rollins and CM Punk will have the intensity and vitriol as Punk versus Eddie Kingston or MJF. But the other highlight was Drew McIntyre who was definitely in the right as he deserves a title shot over Jey Uso.
0: It's very early to tell, like, you know, how the CM Punk um, I, I, if, if run is going to be in the WWF. I mean, this is not at this point like a solitary reaction. I mean, you and I have had that. People in the chat room have had that. And Andrew here has had the reaction that this was a very safe by the number CM Punk promo. So how will they pivot? Has you this know?
1: run been a complete failure?
0: <laughs> yes, uh, we have we have definitive proof. Yeah, uh, you know, they could pivot or they could like lean into it somehow. Um, I, I think it's way too early to tell, you know, whether or not this was. A, let's also remember this is CM Punk coming off of like a real terrible controversy that got him fired, and he's inside a company that he, by all accounts, probably should not be in right now. He's going to be on his best behavior on his first night, and I'm sure every single word of that promo was vetted and monitored and triple, quadruple checked before he was told to go out there to say it. So, um. I'm giving this sort of regime right now, this creative regime, a lot more credit for listening to the audience. And we'll see if they have a negative reaction, how they might pivot with something like that. Let's go to Rob, who says, 1st time watching Raw live in in over two years, and I'm not keen to make this a weekly routine. This show was so different compared to any other weekly wrestling show. And I hope that they stay the course with the ideology as it's wildly successful and healthy for talent wanting to make money in the business. This is Punk's Vegas residency and all the power to him. Manny from Pacoima,
1: an okay edition of the show. Randy had that aura, and I had chills seeing him kick off Raw. Creed's and Judgment Day should be a great match. Wei was right about Cody being the target of Nakamura. After all those Wyatt riddles, nothing can throw the man waiting off anymore. <laughs> I don't know if it was just me, but Punk felt more genuine in AEW. I didn't really believe some of what he was saying. It also felt like a condensed version of his last dance promo. Mosca Dorada will be challenging Rocky Romero for the MLW middleweight and historic welterweight titles. Yes, that's coming up at one shot
0: in a... In about a week. We got a super chat here from Davidian Alter, who sends $5 just to say cheers. Thank you so much, Davidian. Thank you. Hopefully you're enjoying the show. Let's go to Jordan from the Bronx, who says, I do not watch Raw at all as I find the three hours each week for mid-level matches between guys that rarely, if ever, appear on a pay-per-view Tonight, I'll admit that the CM Punk intrigue got me, and I watched three long-ass hours, mostly featuring people who I have not seen wrestle on a pay-per-view since maybe the Rumble. Going through all of that just to get to a CM Punk promo, which was a truncated and sanitized version of his AEW debut promo, left me feeling goofy. Perhaps he may not legally be able to reference any of his AEW run, but the promo didn't have anything to it. On the pipe bomb scale, this registered as Pop Rocks. This is Punk's last chance in any wrestling company. Here's hoping that all parties involved get what they want out of this without damage. Image. Raw is likely going to draw a monster rating with the show, especially with a bad Monday night football game. What laughs WWE viewers like myself got was Indus Sheer, multiple R-Truth comedy segments and some dude named Jelly Roll. None of that <laughs> <laughs> I saw left me wanted to Jelly, Jelly Roll, <laughs> Man for our truth damn yeah. so we're getting a lot of people clearly who don't usually watch this every single week i mean that stuff did not feel out of place at all to me dude if i was
1: parachuting in i mean this was a really long edition like there's been a lot better editions of raw in terms of like start to finish like this was built on the opening with randy and the close with uh
0: with punk i think the, the commercial free first hour like makes actually like hurts it more if you're trying to like you know gauge this
1: like you had the randy stuff with with Rhea, but then like the tag team turmoil took up a lot of that hour and it's not like they put their biggest stuff to to pad out the rest of that hour um Mm. after randy um from sean Hi, guys. First time posting in the feedback thread. I thought the CM Punk promo was incredibly lame and soulless. The thing Mm. that stuck out to me most of all were his eyes. Those are the eyes of a man whose heart is not in this. Really comes off like he's just there to collect paychecks and nothing more. Dude, the psychoanalysis of CM Punk (laughs) begins again.
0: It's the most interesting thing, isn't it? Like, um, but it is like. I, I'm almost like – I'm not surprised because, like, you and I have had this reaction. But it seems like, at least from our fan base or our listenership, unanimous sort of, like, um disapproval of, of this CM Punk promo as being disingenuous. So and I listen, it's, find that fascinating.
1: That, and that's not an audience that is just being nitpicky or negative. Like, yeah. dude, you have painted yourself in this way, and you have benefited off of – you know promos where you've taken knocks at them it's the uh you know two night wrestlemania that can't sell tickets or Miz going to get his blood money in saudi arabia it's like sorry like there comes a a, a check that comes due when you're now on the other side of things mm-hmm. and you are a character that has made your mark on a on a certain sincerity and genuineness with your audience that now you're stating a completely different message in your perceived enemy territory. Of course, there's going to be that negativity. And I think it really does lose the essence of what CM Punk has been able to in in terms of this relationship that he
0: has legitimately cultivated with an audience over a career. Yeah. But again, I think follow follow up is everything, you know, if they could, they could run with this. And, and actually turn it into something. There's a lot to be had to a punk as like, the,
1: here he has, he's come in and you have, you know, it was like the the like the Hogan Hall and Nash thing. Like I referenced that in my piece. Like that was to me the last time, like there was such a divided, eh, maybe not even divided. Like there was a lot of negative opinion of those guys being brought in at the time. And they went with the story of the poison being in, in, injected and, and such. But this is mm-hmm. one that, I mean time will tell time will tell like how successful this is and what direction they go. I I don't think anyone's going to be calling success or failure based off of one promo.
0: Muggin says this episode was carried by three things, McIntyre, Rollins, Orton and punks returns. And through that lens, it was solid. It was nice to see judgment day, take somewhat of a backseat after dominating the show for months. Uh, it was only the first nights so of calling it a failure from the jump would be ridiculous. I bet the subliminal shots that Seth and punk were firing at each other will w- become more overt down the line. Nothing wrong with sending the table all over again. I don't know if any of it was a uh, uh, subtle, like, or subliminal. <laughs> Seems pretty blatant.
1: I mean, it's like yeah. pretty out there at this point. Um, Jay from Colorado, that entire CM Punk promo was the fakest thing ever until he said the last line, I'm not here to make friends, I'm here to make money. And then it became the most truthful thing
0: ever to come out of Punk's mouth. Wow. Can we say that this was a heel promo, at least in effect? You know, from CM Punk? I mean, that last line was a heel line. Like, there's no well, doubting that. I don't think anyone. Uh,
1: I'm home, and then by the end, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to make money. He
0: uh, has, in the past, s- talked about making money as as a virtue, as a as a as a righteous virtue, rather than something negative. I mean, one bill Phil, right? You know, uh, he's e- even said this, I think, for in a mock, you know, promo battle before too. So, but like I said, though, the reaction is everything, and the audience reaction, at least, again, from our listenership. Is that this was not a favorable one for at least a baby face for Brooks? All right, lastly, we've got Alex from Quebec who says, I'm sorry for all the CM Punk fans out there, but the AEW sign, but the AEW Okay. Okay, AEW signed the best in the world a couple weeks ago and his name is Will Ospreay. By the end of 2024, how many times will we see Will Osprey in a five-star match compared to CM Punk? How many times will we see Will Osprey his. How many times will we see his name in the best of the year category awards compared to CM Punk? I think we all know the answer. AEW will have a way better future with Will Ospreay than the WWE will have with CM Punk. Well, they're both they're both draws, I guess we can say, right?
1: I, I I'd be really hard pressed to look at, at CM Punk as not having a a value that is attached to him. And if your if your barometer is Will Ospreay, then well plenty are gonna come short of that. But CM Punk had a a more than respectable run in AEW from a match quality standpoint when there was a lot of questions uh, going into the first match with Darby Allen of, okay, this many years removed. How's he going to hold up to this? How much wear and tear is he taking from MMA? He had some stellar matches in AEW and his promo skills are, I mean, are top level um, in -hmm. this company or AEW. So, I mean, in that sense. Yeah, if we're if we're playing the long game, where's Will Ospreay going to be in five years versus CM Punk? Like, sure, you want to bet on like the futures, but CM Punk is not being brought in here for 2029 WrestleMania. He's being brought in for the 2024 WrestleMania. And Hmm. I would say if they if they get 18 months out of CM Punk, I look at this as a a pretty successful investment.
0: And I I anticipate Will Ospreay to make a lot of money for AEW. I, I think both companies will benefit with their respective signings. All right. Thanks everyone for the feedback and all of you uh,
1: tuning in live tonight. We've gone long tonight, but there was a lot to get to uh, just teeing up over the next couple of days. Up next, we'll be live on Tuesday night. Davey Portman and Braden Harrington coming off another very successful live watch along at the Survivor Series. They even had a reaction video that they put up at a. Uh, you can you can check out on their socials uh so they're back on tuesday night wednesday uh it's header day at post wrestling because we have pollock and thurston 3 p.m eastern time joining us first time guest someone i'm really looking forward to speaking with especially this week from the pro wrestling torch co-host of the fix todd martin we'll oh be wow brandon thurston and myself uh to chat about cm punk and all the other latest uh, news going on so that uh you will want to check out uh todd is one of the uh uh Best, uh, mm. best personalities out there. Great guy to have uh, on this week. And then Wednesday night, it is Rewind to Dynamite with myself and waiting. But all roads lead to Thursday. For Post Wrestling Cafe members, we have got ECW December to dismember to review. We are going to go into all the nitty-gritty of well, uh, an atrocious event, uh, both in promotion and in execution. An event so bad that Vince McMahon and Paul Heyman would not work together for another uh, five and a half years after this event. They would go home. They, Paul Heyman would go home after this show. Um, the best thing I can say about this show is that they, they had a nice poster.
0: Yeah, sure. Um, Sandman's arm creeping out of a, a chimney. <laughs> Neat. Um... One of the worst WWE produced pay-per-views of all time. So, uh, you know, the company's doing really well right now. But hey, uh, some of you who might not have been fans back then, well, you can um, see where this company was many years ago.
1: I'm not even going to complain the next time we have some super long event to review because this one was relatively short and yet still felt like an absolute slog. The middle of this card was the most uninspired thing you are going to see, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. That's coming up Thursday. I have lots to share about ECW December to dismember. uh, That is uh, coming out. So that is coming out Thursday. And then uh, also a post pro res will drop on Friday with Karen Peterson and WH park. So all of that can be found multiple bonus shows this week, post wrestling catch up on all of the action from the weekend, including our survivor series review and uh,
0: much more. And again, uh, we have two Iron Claw contests taking place right now on Twitter and on Instagram. So follow at Post Wrestling on both of those channels. If, and you can enter both channels in order to get your uh, chance to win. Uh, everybody watching us live today, thank you so much. A lot of people in here as a result of uh, Mr. Fulbrooks, I'm sure. Do us a favor, like, subscribe to the channel. Come back on Wednesday and uh, we'll talk to you then.